episode number 202 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording on April the 23rd, 2023. My name is Eric, host of the show, based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator. I know that one's a shock for everybody. And a computer geek. As a first responder, witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events, started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. And I'm Jeff. I am based in Central Ontario. I'm a target shooter, ham radio operator, general overall handyman, and weather nerd. Frugal Gunny, you're up. I'm the Frugal Gunny. I'm based out of uh, northern Ontario. I basically live in the middle of nowhere in a wee little cabin. And I'm 100% off the grid. Don't have any running water. Uh, Definitely a shooter. I hunt, I fish, trapper bit of a generalist and I'm just basically on a lifelong journey to self-sufficiency. Awesome. Those of you that are watching live right now will notice that Pierre is in the lower left corner of the screen. However, he chose to bail on us and um, he's in wonderful Toronto. So who knows what he is up to or where he is going or what adventures he's on, but he just wanted to make sure that everybody was aware that uh, his level of disdain for the viewers is, is quite large because he's teasing us by being in the lower left corner there, but not actually joining us. And unlike Pierre, if you want to support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air, buy some swag. We have both the Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt and the tactical Velcro patch at www.prepperpodcast.ca. All proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. All right, if you're enjoying the show, please uh, take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. Uh, we also want your feedback, whether it's good or bad, or if there's just a topic you'd like us to cover. You can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. And this evening, we've got some uh, small talk content for you. We're going to start off, as usual, with some recent news articles. We're going to update you on our personal preps. Then we'll get into the main topic, talking to non-preppers. So let's uh, move into the news. So I've got a couple. Um, there was a, a small earthquake that actually uh, hit in Upper New York State this afternoon. Um, they originally put it at a 4.1. Uh, they've since revised it down to a 3.6. Uh, it's a very rare area for an earthquake. I mean, they can happen anywhere, but um, not usually uh, in that general area. But if anybody felt anything, it was not somebody who had visited your local Taco Bell. So, um, and the second topic, a um, bit more along our prepper lines a bit, if you want. Uh, Russia, again, is threatening to pull out of the uh, the grain deal. Um, that, that was a deal that was struck uh, between Ukraine and Russia. I believe Turkey may have been the intermediary in there anyways. It allowed... Um, Ukraine to send their their grain out through the Black Sea ports and Russia's mad at the West again and they're threatening to pull out of the deal again so um, if it happens it happens it'll be a strain on the uh, supply chain for flour and all that kinds of stuff but um, I mean it's not something we'll we'll get over they've been threatening it for a while so I'll believe it when I see it but who knows fair enough all right. Well, with that, let's move along to uh, what we've done lately for preps. I just did a lot more yard work. Um, 
between the raindrops and that this week, mm-hmm. um, tried to get as much of the yard cleaned up as I could. Had a couple of trees that came down in the winter. Uh, I haven't got to them yet, but they're on the list. And I did a, a bunch of food prep. Nice. Yeah, for myself, it has been uh, work, work, a little bit more work, um, some more work. Uh, for a change, more work. And with that came a whole bunch of travel as well. So that uh, that's always fun. Um, I did, however, while I was away doing the travel thing for work, a nice shiny new NFED antenna showed up. So I'm a little excited about that. Uh, it's going to be part of my uh, Parks on the Air and uh, travel kit. So it's a small little NFED. It's going to be uh, permanently in the backpack with all the radio gear. So that was fun. Uh, planned out a few things in the backyard as well. We've got a little bit of some drainage issues with the sump pumps and uh, some other stuff going on. So we got to do some grading and re, uh, reroute that. So was able to meet with a, a local company here that uh, does that sort of thing because uh, me and heavy equipment and digging holes as much fun as it would be probably wouldn't go too well. So we figured we'd contract that out to somebody that kind of knows what they're doing. So that was, uh, that's was that been my week. Not with that attitude, it won't. <laughs> oh look who came back he's back yes i'm back i apologize for being a little uh on the late side i am currently traveling so i had to run to go get my supper before the place closed down and i was left eating hotel pillows excuses excuses <laughs> yes <laughs> Because that's what Pierre's done on the on the yeah. prep side. So <laughs> <laughs> on my end, uh, geez, I've had a little bit of a uh, little bit of action. I started my workout routine again, so prepping the body again. And after two sure, years, that felt great. Oh yeah, I only started feeling normal again yesterday and today. Uh, stairs, so, yeah. stairs are up. stairs are horribly. Oh oh yeah. Immediately, you get jelly legs, and then it's mm-hmm. the two days after as you're going up and going down. You, you you know, you, you hit all the right body parts, right? You're hitting all the good core groups. So, uh, stairs are not, stairs uh, aren't necessarily the bad thing either. It's going to the bathroom the next day and trying to get up is also well, a lot harder than the stairs. When you're here when you first, folks, the- Pierre sits down the pee. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. I, I couldn't. Le- I couldn't leave that one. You had to pounce on. I, I, I had. I had to. Yeah. 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 yeah no. Yeah, I, no, I support I, that. I, I concur. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We're well on our way to hitting that explicit yeah. button. We're yes, there we yet, are. We're gonna be there. We're on the line. We're on the line. <laughs> so absolutely, yeah. man. Every movement uh, was agony for a couple of days there. That just goes to show how when you hit. You know, close to your 50s, it's a, it's a lot harder to get back into the workout routine. So if you're already in it, don't stop. And if you're not in it yet, mm, may not be a bad idea to consider getting into it. I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's worth it. Um, also been working on turning over all the gear in the truck. Um, I don't so much have a go bag as I have a go truck because I'm very mobile in the way I live. So uh, that includes removing stuff out of the truck and you know, it takes you, you know, you've got a good load in there when it takes you about 25 minutes just to take out a few items. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in there. Um, so why am I doing all that? Because I'm actually getting ready to lift the truck. 
And part of the preps I need is to make my truck a little bit more viable for off-road and extreme road conditions that I run into up there in the north. And last but not least, I got a few parts in for the mobile power pack. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's Very all I got. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, with that, um, oh, you got uh, some stuff there, Pierre? Um, well, so I wasn't on last week because I was driving back from a course I attended to practice a skill that may or may not come in handy or at least something to participate on uh, the downtime. Uh, did a precision course uh, or a put on a PR course, go through their course of fire, ins and outs, you know, start from scratch. I knew some of the things, but never shot or shot past 100 yards. And we walked it out to 500 yards with the new rifle we put together and everything. So that was nice. lots of fun. So I wasn't on last week. Um, lots to work, little things around the house. But we were doing some house hunting, house bidding, you know, figuring out what the best plan of attack is for places we're looking at. So we put a bid in the house that we went to go see on Friday. Uh, should find out this week. Hopefully, you know, go from there. Uh, there's a few options out there, but if we get our own place so we can make ourselves our own off-grid doomsday um, place that Jeff will never find out about for reasons. <laughs> oh, I have connections, buddy, way more than you think. He is very good at what he does. <laughs> I don't have my ham license radio. We're good. Fair enough. <laughs> He'll still find you. He's got ways. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> You have a driver's so, license. You yeah, have a funny. pal. You have a. Yep, yep. You're on a few lists. You're on a. You're few on a, yeah, yeah. You're on the lists. <laughs> I'm, I'm awesome. on many lists, lists, and a few of them I'm sure I'm not even aware of. <laughs> I'm sure Lots we are, are all on lists. Yeah. <laughs> I know I am, so it's great. <laughs> awesome. All right. With that, let's uh, let's move into the main topic. Uh, this evening, we're going to uh, get into talking to people that aren't necessarily into preparedness. So it's always a fun uh, a fun topic to touch on. It's always something that uh, we run across in uh, being uh, preparedness-minded is you'll have those family members or just those random people that you bump into at the house party or the work gathering or even just at work or you know any of those social events that we're now allowed to partake in again after a couple of years of being locked away at home and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but we just wanted to talk about how you kind of get into breaching the subject without coming off as being that crazy uh, tinfoil hat wearing person that, you know, does nothing but hang out in their basement and get ready to uh, take care of these zombies as they show up uh, because the zombie apocalypse is coming any second now um, or fight off the whole, Oh, you're like those people on doomsday preppers. Cause that's what everybody goes every time you mention uh, emergency preparedness and kind of being in this mindset. So it's um, figured we'd get the conversation going and uh, just kind of talk about how we like to go about it, how we like to breach, uh, breach the topic and um, just chat about preparedness and kind of get people on board and getting to be a little bit more preparedness minded after the conversation. If, if you can get to that point, sometimes you just can't, but it is what it is. So I'll open it up to the panel and let's get the uh, discussion going. Well, I, I think it's a uh, it's a great question. How how do you broach it? Um, <clears throat> and and you threw in a great uh, a great point in there. That how do you broach it without 
coming across as a doomsday kind of person, a doomsday freak. Um, and the kind of individual sits in their basement and does nothing and just worries about stuff all day, just buying gear and hoarding stuff. And so um, I, I have to emphasize the fact that I never considered myself a prepper because I'm not that kind of person at all. Um, right. I've always just been somebody who, if I see something that could potentially happen and has a high probability of occurring, uh, then it's probably worth me paying attention to and having a way to deal with it if it happens. Now, I can start by having an idea and a plan, and, and then later, if that means buying gear, sure. But it doesn't mean you have right. to be ready for every crazy possible thing. Uh, how about you, Jeff? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I think I was, uh, again, like you, uh, a prepper long before I really admitted I was. Um, I mean, when, when I was younger, we used to live on a farm and we always, my mom always had a huge garden. So we always had stuff in the pantry. She was always canning stuff and, and doing stuff like that. And I never really paid attention to it. It just, I knew that, you know what, if we needed dill pickles, there was 20 jars in the basement or, or stuff like that. Um, and then when I, when I bought my own, uh, my own place and I kind of got out on my own, a few things happened that kind of led me towards the preparedness side of it without really thinking that's what I was doing. And, um, you know, like uh, the, the, the perfect example, I give it to everybody was when I bought my house, um, I'm out in the country, it's a small house, but it is 100% electric, um, electric heat, electric hot water, like everything's electric. Um, so the first winter that I lived there, uh, we had three power outages, one of them being fairly significant in the middle of February. And I soon realized that there needed to be another way to uh, keep me warm. So things went from there in terms of, you know, a wood stove, a generator, that those kind of things. And and it wasn't really till, you know, I got I got talking with other people and stuff like that that I I was kind of like, yeah, you know what? I I guess I kind of am a a bit of a prepper and. I'm prepared, sort of, but not really. So there's more things I should do. And I started talking to people and, and you know, being friends with Eric, that, that conversation kind of got going. And um, I got invited to this uh, group and uh, I've been learning a lot and there's still a lot to learn and there's still a lot more things I need to do. But um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I just, you know, and I, I say this to people when you say about broaching the subject and talking about it, I kind of, I kind of, and I'm kind of good at this is I'm kind of able to read a room and, and kind of see what, what's going on in that room. And if somebody talks about it or brings it up or, or mentions it, I'll say, Oh, well, gee, do you know? And it just kind of, kind of goes from there, but I do make it clear, you know, I, cause I don't know anybody else, but the first time you kind of say to somebody that you're a prepper, you're absolutely right. The first thing they think is of, you're one of those doomsday preppers. Oh, you've got a bunker in your backyard. You got five years of food. You got thousands of rounds of ammunition. You got guns all over the place. Um, you dress up in camo. You paint your face. The whole, the whole, <laughs> what you see on TV stuff, right? And so I, have I to, feel a little know, attacked. Yeah, have, have a big attack. <laughs> so like that's not, that's not us. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I like, uh, I like your example too, Jeff, where you just ran into some people randomly wearing the prepper podcast shirt and that started the conversation. 
Absolutely. Right. Yep. That hey, happened. That's, uh, that's kind of a neat way too. Yep. Cool. At my, uh, at my mom's trailer, there were, she's, she stays in a campground in the summer and I happened to be there and I had this shirt on and a conversation started and I'd known these people for a while and they were the absolute last people I'd ever thought that would be preppers or whatever. And it turns out they're as hardcore as they get. Like, like not the doomsday type, but they are prepared for, for anything. So yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. It's an interesting way to get into it. Interesting way to get into it. Um, I, I can't say I had one event that, that made me start to think and, and act in the way a prepper might, I suppose. Um, but there's a sequence of events I can easily relate and, and recall. You know, when I was a boy, we lived in PEI and uh, we didn't yet have that big bridge. So the only way to get things across was by ferry and the power infrastructure now and then would go out for, you know, three, four days at a time. It was very normal. Um, so in the farmhouse we lived in at the time, uh, we didn't have a big panic. All we did was fire up the old wood stove in the middle of the house and we cooked on the wood stove and, you know, we hung around the middle of the house and because the house was designed around wood heat. Um, it wasn't a big deal. Uh, and then later on, uh, in the late nineties, by then I was already in the reserves and had already taken on certain habits as a part of my trade and as a part of my duties, you know, I was a driver. So as a driver in, in the Canadian forces, whether you're reserves or reg force, you've got a sign for everything that goes into that vehicle. If you're the driver of that vehicle, that means you're responsible for it. And that means usually if it's not in the truck when it should be, guess who wears it? he or she was signed for it. So you get used to planning for all of the things that the 10 people who are going to be riding with you in your vehicle are going to need. And then later I started doing recce, which involved looking at the entire site that our entire regiment was going to occupy when we were out in the field. So now I've got to accommodate, you know, 90 to a hundred and some people, including where their latrines are going to be, a fuel point, kitchen area, you know, where we're going to put arcs of fire and all that stuff. So we're planning all of that. And again, I never thought, okay, this will one day be something I'm going to use as a prepper. No, it's just stuff you started thinking about is planning ahead. And then uh, we had the ice storm in 1998. And then uh, I was called out to help and I saw just how many people were completely unprepared. And there were people who died because they were using their barbecues to cook in their garage and really, really st stupid stuff like that. And again, that kind of scarred me a bit. Uh, and over the years, I just started being prepared. And when I picked up a trailer to you know, have off the grid and on weekends in a trailer park, um, I just started having stuff because I didn't have any infrastructure around. So naturally, I guess I involve, I evolved into what a lot of preppers do, but without thinking, okay, I've got to be ready for this or that or that. Um, now, if somebody wants to think about prepping, because it's, it's something that you could go absolutely crazy with. And if you go out there on YouTube and you look up prepping, you're going to be inundated yeah. with people who tell you you need this and this and this in your everyday carry, and they're going to tell you you need to go buy this and this and that. And I, I completely disagree with that. Um, that's just a trap, and we all fall into it. Of course uh, we do. It's very easy to. Um, but I would say that the, a good structured approach <clears throat> that – excuse me, that businesses actually use and governments actually use um, that I learned from my professional day job world is called business continuity planning and disaster recovery planning. Uh, 
And what that approach does is it looks at all of the range of events that could occur. And we, we use the word could in this broadest sense. So we could have a major flood, we could have an asteroid, we could have a meteorite, the earth could crack open and ant aliens could come out and start consuming us. Those are all possibilities. But you know, that's a really vast, vast, broad range of things to think about getting ready for and it's too much. So the smart thing to do is you look at what of those events have actually happened in the latest recorded history so that you can start to evaluate what's the probability of that thing actually occurring. You don't want to worry about everything. You want to worry about the most probable things. So, you know, um, that was the approach that I always had from the professional world. And when I started applying that to my personal life, I realized that the one thing we're the least ready for, looking at our own histories, when were you the least prepared? When you're injured. Right? A lot of people talk about being prepared and you should have this many years worth of that. Well, how about first know how to deal with an emergency? So that's why my, my prick for the number one prep item is first aid and training is number one. Um, yeah, what do you think can, about just that? Jump in here for a second. Just rely, <laughs> oh. just rely on 911 and government assistance. You don't need to prep that. <laughs> I'll jump in for a second here and just point out the way this conversation has started amongst all of us is exactly how I would broach into the conversation with somebody that isn't in the preparedness world already. It's explaining day-to-day -day things that you do, things that you've learned along the way from professional uh, work or environments or personal work environments, how you do things, why you do them. And it comes across as I'm just doing it because it's a rational thing that, to be ready for something that could potentially happen. And, and somebody that's not in the preparedness world right now can look at that and actually go, yeah, okay, yeah, I could. this could actually possibly happen. We're not talking about somebody zapping my brain with crazy radio waves and I got to wear a tinfoil hat all the time because, you know, the government's going to zap my brain. Yeah, some people think that and whatever, but to be able yeah. to distance yourself from that um, stigmatized view of preparedness and be able to bring it into the real world. I prepare for an ice storm because I went through it and I helped get people into a better place because of what happened and their lack of being ready for a scenario like that. You know, I prepare because I'm ready for the power outages that happen quite often in this area where myself and Jeff are, you know, like things that they can relate to and then say, Oh, okay. Yeah, I kind of get it and get their brain going and get them kind of looking at their own personal world and going, yeah, okay, I, I actually, I'm already doing that as well, not realizing it. And it, it humanizes it, right? And it takes it out of that Hollywoodization and puts it into the real world where they can envision themselves being in that scenario. And just watching how that conversation happened here on the panel, uh, completely unprompted, that's not in the, the notes or anything is exactly how it should flow in, in real life. And that's what's going to grab people in and get them to not be standoffish and like, you're that crazy guy on Doomsday Prepper. I got to I gotta find the, um, I got to go to the bathroom or I got to go cut my hair or something, right? So that's um, just, yeah, that's awesome how that just flowed and how it painted the picture and, and will draw people in that aren't in the, the preparedness world. I think Eric seized on it so well there. It's, it's easy to come across as a nut if yep. you present yourself as somebody who's ready for anything, um, the truth is that I feel ready for anything now, 
only because I started in this way of thinking so long ago, thanks to my professional work experience, that um, I now have built in some ingrained habits that lend themselves very well to anybody who wants to be prepared for just about anything. You can apply this to your personal life. You know, maybe you have a medical condition and you are dependent on power. Uh, you know how many people I know need a CPAP to sleep? Okay, well, if you need a CPAP to sleep, that's a serious thing, right? You can be seriously unwell without that machine for, yep. you know, even one night. It can really mess you up. I don't have that issue, but I have family members who do and I know personal friends who do. And you don't do well without that machine. Okay, so now think about what you might need just to keep that machine rolling. You mm -hmm. pay the major upgrade to buy the battery unit that can be purchased for it, or do you look at less expensive options or other alternatives than a battery, right. uh, other sources of power? Um, that's just one instance and one example of applying that level of thinking to an everyday type scenario. No, it's all, it's all about painting that picture for the person that's not in the world right now and making it part of their world and making them realize, oh yeah, you're not crazy. Okay. We can keep talking, <laughs> right? Cause, and you know what? Be prepared to be prepared for the, the person that's just going to go, nope, I'm out. Yeah. That's and, fine. And, it's and, the way it is. And, and to, and to Eric's great point, um, you can use the simplest of examples that will work. I just thought of two. When I was a young lad, I had a mountain bike and I loved riding everywhere. It was my life. Being autonomous before I had the ability to drive, that was a big deal for me. Well, you know what? That all stopped when I had my first flat tire. <laughs> so it doesn't roll that, really well when it's flat. Nope. Right. When you got that new shiny new car or truck or bike or motorcycle, or whatever, it's all fantastic till you have a flat tire. Okay, well, we normally have ways to deal with that. We've now even incorporated that into our daily practice. Would you buy a car that didn't have a, a, um, a spare tire or a jack? Would you look after that if you had a car that didn't have those items? Probably, right? So why not your water or your food or whatever you need? Another great way to just rationalize it and, yeah, paint great. the picture and, again. And just... Yeah, and, ju and just going back to the flat tire thing. So um, my work, they supply work vehicles and everything, and I was the first one to get one of the new uh, fancy trucks with the work work body on it, compartments, toolbox, the whole kit and caboodle. I was, one of the, I was the first one, and it was awesome. I was ecstatic about it. Rubbed it in everybody's face for about two weeks because that was the interval where nobody else had one. <laughs> Right, like did all of those things, and then the requirement um, you have to. The person I was talking to that I work, yeah, yeah, but a person I was working with, right, got a flat on the side of the road, and he's like, Okay, I'll take the spare down. But her mechanism was seized, couldn't get it down. She was like, Well, that should be part of something that, like, every year you take it down, spray it with some good lube, get all the rest off, bring it up down two or three times so that mechanism doesn't seize, right? Like if you don't get a flat, so if you buy, for example, a pickup truck, most minivans, all that stuff, the stuff where it's mounted underneath and you need to put a rod in the hole and like twist the mechanism down. Well, if you leave that and don't touch it for four years, you're not getting that tire down. Nope. 
right? Like, and nobody thinks about it until they get a flat four or five years down. So he was on the side of the 401. He couldn't get it. And I was like, man, my truck's like a few years old. I should do that. Picked up the brand new truck. It's all nice and shiny. I'm all ecstatic about it. And I looked under my truck and I was like, well, motherfucker, I don't even have a spare. <laughs> there it is. 27 minutes, 54 seconds. <laughs> yeah, no, that was kind of on purpose, but still. Um, oh, but, right. but, 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 I, but, you know, I was like, hey, I'd never thought, hey, what if, what happens if, if I get a spare? I was like, there's got to be a spare under my truck. And I'm like, you could, you know, part-time prepper, wannabe prepper, whatever you want to call it. Like, we've got a truck coming. We've got things in the car all the time. First aid kits, you know, bunch of spare food that we can eat that's shelf stable for a while. Or, you know, you think all of the things, but like, just, I, I got a brand spanking new truck with a service body on the back of it. I like, well, there's got to be a spare under it. Didn't even think about like, you know, just taking that 30 seconds and looking under the hitch and just being like, I don't have a spare. Do I put, you know, do I buy a rim and tire and throw it somewhere in the back of the truck, back seat even, right? That if this does happen, I'm not dependent on a tow truck, some company coming to do anything for me if I want to get home. It's it's not necessarily thinking of like, you know, when the giant economic collapse happens, just how can you just get home at the end of the day? Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. a, a crazy storm. Like right around Christmas, we got hit pretty good around out where we are. And our winter tires weren't the greatest because I'm like, I'm, I don't want to buy new tires because we've got a truck on order that should have been here by now. That's beside the point. But um, we just moderated when we took our vehicle out. So if there was a good storm coming, okay, let's go, you know, a day or two earlier to pick up the groceries and everything. Like bad weather, we'll just stay at home. Well, right around Christmas, we got a crazy storm and didn't think much of it because looked outside. Yeah, there's some snow, snow drifts here and there, but less than 100 feet from my house, there was a snow drift that blocked the whole road that like an ambulance could not get through. They couldn't even walk through with, um, you know, if something happened, you know, heart attack, broken leg, just that, like, you got to climb a mountain to even just get to the ambulance. Unlikely. Yeah. It's only happened once. We've been there three years. But, but hey, that might be so, something you need to worry about. Do you have a sled to take someone to a safe place mm -hmm. in bad weather? Yeah. And, and again, it's all about telling that story, right? And getting the person that you're talking to immersed in that story yeah. and putting themselves in that spot and going, yeah, if I was at home and I had that big snow drift, you're right. The, the medics wouldn't be able to get to my house if I had a problem. I wouldn't be able to get out because I didn't have the tires on my car. And then it triggers that, well, maybe I should start kind of planning for that in the future. Cause it's good that I have thought about that now and you've brought it to my attention. So again, it's just getting them immersed in that everyday kind of cycle and then triggering that conversation. And then you can move into the other stuff like, Hey, you know, what about if the medics can't get to you, you got a first aid kit. What do you, what do you do for injury? If you're going to be a couple days where help can't get to you, um, what about water? You what do you do if the zombies and you, and knock can, on your door tomorrow? If the, if the zombies come knocking, you got a bunch of ammo? Yeah, if you want to go down that road that quick, well, you, you can try it. See how you go. You know? And it all depends on who you're talking to, right? And you'll how find they're out. kind of engaged in things. You'll find out real quick yeah. where they stand but also, if you go to zombies right away. Yeah. yeah. 
If you go to zombies I, right I think, away and they're like, yeah, I'm already stacked, you know that's going to be a good friend. I, I think that's a great <laughs> point to, to make fun but not forget the zombie factor. And the reason why I say yeah. that is um, when people watch, say, a zombie show and they then turn to you and go, well, you know, maybe your way of doing things isn't so, you know, so bad. Um, a, a lot of the times what we do doesn't need to be sold. It doesn't need to be pitched until something happens and then there's unavailability of services or goods. Then people tend to look at us because our lives don't seem to change as much as theirs in those types of emergencies. And sometimes that's enough to start the conversation too. Um, like the recent storm we had, a lot of people remarked to me, well, I guess you don't have to worry about the power going out at your place. And I say, that's right. I have other worries. I have other concerns. You know, It's possible I may not be able to get to town to buy groceries. But the one thing I don't have to worry about is that I probably will have power when I get there and flip it on. Uh, because I designed the system and so I know it. But it, it will change for everybody's situation. So um, it's it's good to also allow people to ask the questions on their own. Right. Uh, sometimes I'll just drop the hint without coming out and saying I'm a prepper. Uh, yep. so, so I might say, oh, well, I just recently purchased this chainsaw. I happen to have it in the back of my pickup truck. Oh, how happy. How, how, how happy. How awesome. How serendipitous mm -hmm. for everybody, right? Um, and I leave it at that. And then next thing you know, we start using it. And they see how handy it is and how unbothered I am by the fact that, okay, we got branches here that we have to deal with. And that starts the conversation. So sometimes you don't have to say a thing and others will bring it up when they see that, hey, you're doing all right. Yep, 100%. And, and that might even be the opportunity for someone to jump up and say, hey, are you into the preparedness world? Because I am too, right? They might It might come back at you and they might be trying to chat you up versus you chatting them up, right? That's a good point. We tend to recognize one another, don't we? Yes, yep. And and back, back to the whole... Um, sort of zombie thing um i i tend to say to people too and i mean we've all said it is don't believe what you're seeing on tv and don't believe what you're watching on tv because that's 99 percent of the time that's not how things are going to go down i mean you know you watch uh i can't even remember the the show off the top of my head now but oh csi and they think that you can solve a crime in a half an hour and you can do a blood test in 30 seconds and you can where well, you know you know what i mean like just don't ruin it jeff you sure can can't you uh, yeah so you're telling me the, the guy inquiring about the blood sample doesn't walk in 10 seconds before they get a positive match that's not how that goes in real life you can believe whatever you want pierre <laughs> that's the kind <laughs> the of world we that. have now you can believe anything you want it's pretty cool like that now yeah <laughs> we are not going down that rabbit hole Oh, we're no. getting closer I'm, to the actual title we had for this episode. I'll just leave it right there. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. <laughs> so, and, and kind of maybe getting into, you know, now that we've breached the subject and we're getting into the conversation a little bit, um, I'm, I'm very careful about, you know, I don't, I don't push anything on anybody. I don't, if they start asking, um, by all means, I'll help them. But I always keep saying to them, you know what? start small start start small don't overspend get a budget do your research know what it is that you like i i got into a conversation with with one person this was a couple years ago and they were they were kind of getting in 
into the prepping thing and they were all on food. I need food, 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 food. And they were all on food. And I said to them, well, what about the, the threes of prepping? And they're like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, what about the threes of prepping? You know, three minutes without air, three hours without shelter and adverse conditions, three weeks without or three days without water, three weeks without food. I said, you're spending all of your effort and all of your money and you're consumed by the fourth item on the list. Whereas the other two, I mean, oxygen, if you don't have oxygen in three minutes, there's really nothing you can do to prep to help. That's going to help you with that. But the food, and have is that an, close uh, enough for a CO mention for Alan? Ah, I think sure, we'll count it. I think we'll count it. 36 minutes, yeah, we'll 25 seconds. Yep. Um, you know, without having the, the, the shelter and in adverse conditions and without having the water, your food's useless because you're not going to be around to eat it. So, and, and that kind of, you know, tweaked with them and they're like, Hmm, okay. Yeah. You know what? I never thought of that. I never, and I said, you know, what, what's your, what's your plan? We talked about the water and it, what was their plan? They had nothing. They didn't have any way to, 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 purify it to yep it just they're like well i'll i I have a case of water jugs at home well or water bottles i have a case okay that's great you've got a case of 24 that's going to do you for about six or seven days and then then what so you know kind of like i say start small and don't and don't overwhelm them with with stuff yeah that's uh you've got a really great point there um few people and, and i just want to take a pause here and uh thank terry for finding my channel thanks bud um so what what i like about what jeff mentioned there the three r's um a few people consider how important their shelter is in their life and in fact all, almost all of the utilities that people take for granted are the ones that they can flip a switch or just open the door and they're there um and we take that for granted and if you start with those things first, as Jeff is talking about, you'll find that those things are really, really important to us. And we seldom think about them because you just get to flip them on. The, the pure reliability that we have become used to, our utilities and a lot of the things that we have and own has kind of prepared us for being unprepared. Um, and so if you start just looking at those things you use on a daily basis without thinking the things you flip the switch, turn the tap on for, and then prioritize those first, I think you'll find that, um, it's very queer, clear and quick to figure out what your priorities should be. Yeah. And, and I really like, uh, Dave's comment in the live chat there. I mean, he hits the nail right on the head. Uh, my line is preppers are just ordinary people who are prepared for common emergencies. It doesn't get any really more, more simple than that, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. It's a yeah. great you line. Down. Got, yeah. If you have a box of band-aids, you're off to yeah. a good start. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's true. Yeah. Um, if you have a first aid kit in your vehicle, the, the, the number one thing yeah. I've seen while on the road is people get hurt in a variety of different ways. I've been uh, helping, I've helped at three accident sites. I myself have been in an accident site. Um, I've injured myself more times than I can count 
so if there's one item you should all be prepared for in this country, whatever your situation, whether you live in the bush like I do, whether you live in an urban environment, whether you cross all of those boundaries, it doesn't matter. First aid is universal. Even in a plane, on a boat, you can apply first aid. Um, so I would start with that as the number one priority, our health. 100%. And that's an easy topic to broach with just about anybody as well. Simple to talk about, simple to discuss. You can mention different courses that are available in the area and it'll really, yeah, that'll open the conversation right up because the majority of people will again, click with, yeah, I've come across a crash before I was able to deal with it or I came across a crash and yeah, I had no idea what to do. But if I had a course, you're right. I'd be able to act and, and assist, or maybe I would be able to at least get more information to people that are going to come and assist. Cause not everybody is going to want to jump in and help. It's just the way yeah. it is. Not everybody can. And it's just, some people's yeah, personalities allow them to go in and help. Other people's personalities, they're, they're able to get information uh, relayed effectively, but being able to actually jump in that situation, they just, they can't do it. And that's just the way humans are, right? It's not a, a good or positive yeah. or negative trait. It's just the way it is. But it yeah. really, again, puts that point home to people that first aid, part of preparedness. Yeah. Uh, Eric, you made a major, major point here about um, the that importance. It's... Uh, it's a big thing. Make it your biggest priority. Um, and if it's not, maybe it should be. Um, if you yeah. haven't taken a first aid course in 10 years, you know what? You need a refresher. Um, a lot's should... changed in 10 years. Oh, yeah. And a lot <laughs> yeah. changes in three years too, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Whenever I've yeah. done a course three years later, there's been updates that I didn't see before. And uh, I find whenever I do one, I retain a little bit more extra every time and that that's yeah. really key um so yeah and the other thing that that eric mentioned that i have to emphasize is if you don't feel like you can handle emergencies that's okay um not everybody is built for them i know people who when they get that adrenaline hit they don't just freeze they start to shake and they panic and you know what that means you're probably should be even more prepared for an emergency shouldn't it knowing if that's how you react in an emergency well you know like like terry says uh treat prepping like a personal insurance you know if you know you don't deal well with a certain kind of emergency doesn't being ready for that alleviate any of the stress or anxiety you might feel from that emergency when it arises i would, I would think. think it would yeah so yep. um yep. yes we we have a there's a reason why we have emergency services and there are people uh, who are oriented to running towards the, tr the danger, the trouble, and the emergency, uh, and the crisis. And if you feel that you're not going to be of help in that, that's okay. Let other people do it. Yeah. But know yourself and know what to do. You know, If you know you can't handle a crisis, then maybe you should consider not being alone in situations where you might run into one. 100%. Um, Right. And you might even surprise yourself right. after you take that basic first aid course and you end up in a situation yeah. where you have to use it. You might just go through that entire scenario, come out of it at the other end and go, how did I put that splint on and call an ambulance and get this person looked after and get their wound elevated and whatever else you have to do? Awesome. And right. Then, but, but then yeah. there's also that point where, you know, getting to know people, your neighbors is that like mm -hmm. there are some people that 
retain information very well and don't know right. how to do it with their hands, but are also very good at telling you what to do. Right. So if you're a person yes. that gets, you know, you can take all the courses and you can read all the books and everything, but when something happens, you forget everything. Right. Okay. Still yep. go do the course, but the person that's the complete opposite that like they can't do anything with their hands when something happens, but they can tell 20 people and they can direct the whole traffic scene, not even thinking twice about it. Right. But like they can't, they can't do anything, but they can be like, no, okay, do this with this person, do this with this person. Right. It's okay for everybody to be different right like some people right we all talk preparedness okay what if everything collapsed how many people do you know are a-okay with a rabbit in their backyard right they got no problems saying hey we need food but they don't want to do the deed which is perfectly right. fine some people are not up for it so you know have someone that is okay going to do that but it's okay to have someone that can understand and just analyze the situation and just be like, no, this is the priority. Like they can't handle, they can't do anything, but they can understand of breaking down the scene or scenario being like, this is the most important. We need to do this, this, this. Yeah. And it's okay to have a person that doesn't do anything else other than direct yeah. all the minions, right? They can be the That's crew an important job and you too. be all the minions and yellow banana songs. Yeah. Right, because you can't do anything. That's, or sorry, you can't do everything. Some some people can't do anything. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> and, and what you're talking about there is is basic human um, just mentality, right? Some people need to be told yep. what to do and how to do it, and other people are able to tell yep. people what to do and how to do it, and it's just the way it works. And then there's the other people that just know how to do it. They go do it. They don't need to be told. But having those different types of personality types and knowing where you fall in that, and then again, spinning it into a conversation yeah. like we've done here with somebody that isn't yet preparedness minded gets them to realize, okay, so I don't have to be the person that runs in and gets covered in blood and guts at a scene, but I can direct people. I can help get resources. I can do logistical planning. Well, I'm good at that. And it gets them realizing, oh, okay, maybe I should go and do that first aid course so I can help direct. Or if you're the opposite and you, you can deal with the blood and guts and you're that type of personality, oh, okay, maybe I will go and do the first aid course and then I can jump in and assist if need be hands-on. All different personality types and you're going to speak to all of them having a similar conversation like we just had come out on the panel again uh, with somebody that isn't quite yet in that uh, preparedness mindset. So again, painting the picture and just speaking to what their uh, personality type is and what appeases them and kind of puts them in the world uh, will speak volumes and really get the conversation yeah. going. Uh, another thought you can bring to the table when you're speaking with people who are um, testing out the waters, so to speak, <laughs> of prepping, um, you can mention the fact that the way the village evolved into later a town and a city is because people got together because they had different skill sets and they happened to be complementary. Hey, I happen to make pretty good, be, be, make bread. I'm a pretty good baker. I make decent bread. Uh, I happen to be pretty good on the grill, um, but I'm not terribly good at making desserts. Uh, they don't always end up very nice or they don't end up perfect. Uh, and that's fine. I accept that. I'm fine with that. If we were in a big community and we all had to make a meal, I know the parts that I could contribute. And that's normal. 
human behavior. We came to live in villages in this way. I think it is the modern city that has hyper-specialized us mm -hmm. to the degree that we all forgot how to do some basic things and we all learned how to do really hyper-specialized things. And so we all learned that in order to feed yourself, you had to go to the store and you had to have these tokens and you exchange some tokens for something mm -hmm. to eat and then you could go and eat it. Um, and I think that's what has happened is over time, we've kind of lost those skill sets and it's very easy to bring them back. You just have to start thinking about what you might not know already how to do. And from there, you can associate yourself with somebody who does. And maybe you yeah. have something in common. And that's the whole idea of this thing called community. So, ah. yeah, <laughs> uh, a community of people together can survive different kinds of emergencies and adversity better than just the lone wolf. So keep yep. that in mind yep. for all of yourselves. You know, the lone wolf is a very attractive thing. Hollywood loves to talk about the lone wolf, right? Yeah. I was oh, just yeah. about to say, I was like, there's some good movies out there about the lone wolf, buddy. I was like, you can't discount oh, yeah. too much of it. Oh yeah. You, know, you, the, need, you need entertainment in your preparedness plan. So having right. some movies about the lone wolf, fantastic yes and and we will not discount the survival but you need strategy to watch it as a lone wolf but <laughs> but consider the fact that there is strength in numbers in a lot of situations now if you happen to find yourself in a group of people who are not like-minded well maybe it's time for you to do the lone wolf thing until you find that group of people that does have something in common with you so that you can start yeah. Uh, having that relationship with others where you can feel you can discuss this sort of stuff. In my opinion, if I can't discuss somebody, uh, something with people uh, as elementary as just being ready for day-to-day -day things that can happen and I get poo-pooed about it, maybe that's a relation I'm going to, you know, deprioritize compared to others uh, where we have more in common. So just, just an idea that you don't have to be prepped for everything. Maybe you can just start by knowing people that you feel are more ready and like-minded like you and willing to share information and learn along the way. Just some ideas. Yeah, and, I, I, and I'm going to steal this from Gunny's show notes, but that's okay. I'm, I'm sure he's okay with that. Um, you know, the most common events that people are unprepared for, number one, illness and injury. There's your first aid kit. There's your first aid training. There's your, um, most, most places I, I'm, I'm going to guess, um, like Red Cross and stuff like that. It's not going to cost you a lot of money. Some of them may be even free for a, a first aid or a CPR course or something like that. The chances of you or somebody, you know, having an illness or an injury are probably a lot higher than, some of the other bad things that could happen to them. Yeah, you're 100% right. And it brings us back again into the conversation of just discussing basics, right? Basic real world scenarios yeah. that could realistically happen that don't make you sound like that crazy tinfoil hat wearing guy that's waiting for the zombies. Although I do like the play off the zombie thing every once in a while. You got to feel your crowd on that, right? Yes. But oh, if, yeah. if you if you get somebody that you know could take a joke, play on the zombie thing for sure. Oh yeah, but, oh yeah, um, it's yeah. it's an attention grabber, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's and, it's fun to play with that every once in a while. But you got to know know your audience on that one. Uh, yes, but yeah, yes. If, if you really want to, you know, 
test the waters and just say, oh yeah, I got 10,000 rounds in the basement. I'm ready for the zombies. You want to come join me? And just see how they react. And then go, no, I'm kidding. It's actually 40,000 rounds. You got to be careful. Yeah, but there's going to be some people that stand there with a sign, a yes. sign when the zombies hit saying, zombies are people too. We shouldn't shoot them. So like avoid those jokes with those people. But but I'll, I'll even not, go not as Monday. far as it's like, not Monday, Pierre. It's Sunday night. So we'll get to that. But uh, well, I'm just thinking, right? Like outside the box, like well, whatever I, you're I, into, and, and even and even your fear that would be yep. gardening, cooking. Yeah, when, we, when we talk about first aid in that, I mean, Melissa's on there. How old's your daughter, Pierre? Did you say 10, 11? Melissa's got on there. She's got stop the bleeding first aid. Well, heck, if a ten-year-old can do it, Ten. anybody can do it. Yes, um, and in fact, if if I can go back yeah. to that main point, yeah. the illness injury point, the number one, the number one thing, the number one type of emergency I've had to handle in my life is personal injury. Mm-hmm. Personal injury. I cannot tell you how many times I. Because here's the thing, people. I, I just have to share this little secret to y'all. It's like a little sidebar. If you go out and try to do stuff you haven't done before, you sometimes fail. That's okay because you learn. You learn from failing. So if you've never done it, go and do it. Yeah. That's all I got to say. So I got good at first aid you, because so of if, fixing fail, my own boobies. If you fail at it, do you, yeah, but do you get a participation badge even if you fail? Because that will always, that depending on the person, that will not get them. Yeah. Well, you went home with nine instead there, of 10. That's still a win. Let's just say let certain things will get you a participation badge, but won't get you farther ahead. Like arterial bleeds. Um, you don't they, want a participation badge you, for that. You don't want a participation badge for that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, those, those no. are messy. Yeah. Right. Broken femur. Right. I wouldn't want to try that. And, so, yeah. No, no. So prevention is <laughs> no. the number one. I mean, definitely thing. not on me. <laughs> but yeah. now and then you, you have to resort to, you know, fixing things that you've done wrong. So, yeah, the first aid thing, if you're shy to do it yourself, get a buddy, get a friend, get together, go on that first aid course. If you haven't done one in a long time, go and do it. Um, first aid kits are cheap. You can get them at Walmart. You can get them at every drugstore. Uh, you can get them at so many places. If you're really cheap and frugal, like I am, you can go to the dollar store and you can equip yourself fairly well in first aid gear just by going there. 100%. Oh, yeah, oh, I, I have to stop right here, everybody. Yep. I see Suzanne Beaker has made a wicked comment, and I need to bring attention to it. She says, I'm assuming it's a she. Um, I took CPR and saved my son a week later. And you will okay. probably go on all kinds of any, any kind of first aid training course. That is most likely what the instructor is going to start out with is somebody in this room yeah. is going to call me a week from now and tell me a story about how you save somebody from the knowledge that you got from this course. Yeah. Every time I've taken a first aid course, <laughs> and I've taken a bunch. That's how the instructor always starts out. Thank you for yeah. that one. Thank that's you. Fantastic. Yeah. Or, or at least uh, whether it's saved or at least helped out and made something, you know, someone dealing with something or like just anything, right? Like if you can help someone that, you know, is, screwed up their face by falling forward and hitting something you know like just being able to understand the scenario know what to do until a very very good professional gets there you know it, it is way better than you know standing there and being like calling 911 three times and just being like i called you and you're not here 
right? So like, obviously, if you can save someone, it's 100%. But I mean, I've seen it so many times, like I pulled over to an accident a little, well, it was well, a while ago now. And I wasn't the first one there. There were already a few vehicles. I just pulled over and I was like, I've got some first aid stuff. I don't know how equipped everybody else is. And it was like, uh, like six, seven people that were already out doing a bunch of stuff. And I'm standing there and I was just like, I don't know if all of these people know what to do. And then like a minute or two later, the ambulance showed up and they're doing the things. And I'm like, okay, well, like I didn't see the accident. I didn't, you know, talk to the person. I didn't address any of the injuries, anything. I was like, I'm out of here. But it's just, it, it's mind boggling to see how many people want to help, but don't know what to do. Right. And it's all solvable by yes, taking a little bit of money. And even if I was to say, if you were to let your first aid expire, but you retain the knowledge, you know, you'd be way better off than not even attempting to do a first aid course. You'd probably be a lot better off than most people. Um, maybe, you know, things have changed as we've, like, I took a first aid course not that a uh, year or two ago, and I'm just like, wow, they added a lot and took out some of the stuff. But I'm like, even just having the basic concept of, okay, if someone, you know, a car accident was the first thing you want to do, you know, talk to the person, make sure they don't have, you know, they're not bleeding from the ears, this, that, all this information you can relate and everything and try and understand how to stay calm and trying to figure out how to keep people calm in certain scenarios. I don't know how you can practice for that other than causing accidents, which I would not recommend. Yeah, we would we wouldn't advocate for that. No. So, so Pierre, uh, but he's Pierre's talking about getting the training, and I think that's you know where do we get training for first aid? Almost anywhere, right, Pierre? Where did yeah. you take yours? Yeah. Oh, so I I just googled it. Uh, my work thankfully paid for it because mine expired a while ago, and they were like, someone needs to be first aid qualified, and I was like, I'm your guy because I got paid for it. Um, but like, just Google it. There's so many places. Yeah. Yeah. They, Odds are they offer it almost seven days a week. Like, yeah. really? There, there are odds. There's Somewhere a community close, center um, near you. Depending if you have one. enough people. Yeah, and depending on the place, if you get enough people, they will actually come to someone's house. At least out where I live, okay. because like, community center is currently being revamped, so we don't really have one. But I mean, if you're willing to have you know six of your friends over, they will send an instructor to your house. And you can do two two days of training in the comfort of your own house. You don't have to be with a bunch of people you don't know about, right? Like I, it might be more than sex or whatever, but you know, friends and family, people you know and you feel comfortable around, they will come to you and show you what to do, which is way better than anything. And uh, Suzanne has followed up with her story here, and it just continues to get better. So the the person she was talking about uh, was her son, who was a baby at the time, who was choking, what she said in the live chat here. Uh, that baby grew up, took a CPR course, saved someone last year who was drowning. So again, just goes to show you, um, the knowledge can be utilized, and it, you never know when it's going to be utilized. And getting in on the courses is another opportunity to talk to people who are most likely to be more preparedness minded because they're taking a course and they're trying to educate themselves on how to make usually what's going to be a bad situation better. Right. So yeah. 
so, great area to go learn a skill and start that conversation with people. And they're going to be people that are in your local area because you're at a local training center. So okay, I think you're kind of seeing where I'm going with this, right? Uh, building that group of people yeah. in your area that are like-minded just at a conversation and taking yeah. a course and building a skill. So I'll, I'll throw this one out there because this one has been on my mind for a little while and I'm, I'm curious what you guys think about it because I, I, I don't even know how to answer this question. So we're, we're talking about growing a community, talking with a friend, like, you know, I'm good with, um, I'm pretty much fix anything, but I'm not good at like growing gardens or dealing with kids or people. But I can do lots of things by myself. So obviously you want to find someone that compliments you on things you're not good at and you can hopefully teach them and they can teach you and everything. So a question I have is, right, like we're saying like, go take a first aid course. So, you know, some people are all up for, you know, wanting to prep, you know, being logically here, not saying they need to go buy 18 guns, you know, 20,000 rounds for each and buy an underground bunker. But just people that, you know, want to store a little bit and they do their best to be able to buy like, you know, an extra can of food or two every week and, you know, store it aside. So like, how do you guys approach someone that wants to, you know, help out and be that community support and learn from one another, but the financial barrier is there for them. Oh, how do I you guys, talk about have this. you guys ever come across that or how would you guys that? How, how would you deal uh, with that, right? Like someone that's willing to put in the backbreaking labor, but like there's a cost associated with many things for prepping where, you know, I, I want to help someone to become better prepared. But I also, I, if I'm able, I don't want to take on that financial responsibility of helping someone. But how do you work around where, you know, they just might not have the job for it, the income for it, whatever it is. So Pierre, um, how do you bring that up and how do you do whatever? I, I've, I've had that very same predicament myself mm -hmm. at one time or another, because I, my job situation has been up and down in life. Um, so I know how I've dealt yeah. with that, but, um, there, there's the idea that, oh, um, you can start by having a plan and a plan is free. All right. So for the individual who is money challenged for whatever reason, you don't have the means, maybe for some reason your situation makes it such that you do not have the freedom to do everything you want. Okay, so where do you start? Start first in your mind. Um, mindset is 90% of the affair in prepping. Um, and Tracy, uh, Bell, Jonathan Taylor, great comment the most important preps are skills and a lot of them can be learned for low cost if not nothing yep. if you have access yep. to the youtube and you spend your time watching cats and dogs and you know fail videos and those are entertaining don't get me wrong they're entertaining um but you feel that you're not adequately prepared for things you could simply start by using your time more efficiently and learning more rather than wasting your time. So your time is a precious resource. It's actually more precious than your money. Because if you've got time on your hands, one, you can use it to earn money, right? Uh, that's a big deal. That's why most of us try to have jobs and you know it helps pay the bills. So if you know how to use your time well, but you don't have a lot of money because you're busy paying bills, 
I know what that's like. I've done a lot of that in my life. Um, so what do you do? Well, like I said, instead of watching some mindless show, what I would often do is I'd go on YouTube and watch a clip on whatever it is I feel like learning about in that moment. So that's a good way to start prepping. Uh, another way is to work on your mindset. So if you hear something in the news or a friend relays to you something that occurred to somebody that sounds like an emergency, all you have to do is go into your own mind and go, how would I handle that if it happened to me? What would I do if I was in those shoes? And just think about it. And then if you can and want to, you can go to the next step, which is, okay, now what other thing could I do in case that would happen? Guess what? You just came up with an alternative plan if you did that. And that's the beginning of prepping, is having alternative plans for when things don't go according to the way you did plan. And if you've ever had to travel somewhere, <laughs> you know what that's like. Something goes wrong when you travel. I've never had everything go right when I traveled. You know, hotels lose your reservation, planes use your luggage, your car gets given to somebody else at the rental agency. I can go on for days, right? Uh, remember this thing called Murphy's Law? Things don't always work to plan. But if in your mindset you are uh, able to bend and be agile in your mind and start thinking in different ways to overcome a problem, you're I'd say 90% of the way to doing prep for that thing, even though you may not have done anything yet, right? Yeah. The planning is step one. From there, you can have a more targeted action. So if I know I'm um, low on first aid, okay, I can go on to YouTube, for example, and I can watch a video on the first aid basics, right? How to handle a fall, how to handle a cut, how to handle a break, uh, how to handle a fainting spell. Just no, just go to the local um, phone booth, call 911 on your neighbors, and when they take everything out, go steal their first aid supplies. That's yeah. way cheaper. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, Pierre, you're, <laughs> you're, you're gonna get us in hot water, but it's fun I, though. I would advise against <laughs> swatting right. your neighbors to I, steal their first aid equipment. That, that would be 100%. I don't, I don't condone any of it. Just <laughs> well, 100% right. but, be a crime, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're, you're going to do that, go. F I mean, I hope you get caught because, you know, people that do the yeah. stupid things in society, it gets you know, sorted out. But, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things where I'm like, even like the knowledge, or like 100% videos on how to put a band aid on. Even if you don't know how to do a band aid, there's videos out there or whatever. But it's like there getting are. into, you know, the more past that. Like, how do you have that conversation with someone that's just wants to be there and is just you know they're not drowning but they just don't have the financial stability to you know afford more than a hundred dollars a month and they decide to use a little bit of that for water and a little bit for food and dollar store band-aids but they can't get past you know those little things that you know we, we've all spent way more than a thousand dollars on some preps at some point hold on hold on my wife's probably watching more don't than go, no right and no, uh, don't go there now now pierre um <laughs> I, i'm gonna address uh, over the here. span of two five two to five years over the span of two to five years right eric right like you know no, but no, i mean so, I I, I, you know, no. and some people <laughs> all right so right, to, we, to address this one in, in a realistic way how do we get to that so let's talk about that um some people say get a credit card load it up 
No, that's not a wise financial decision. Oh, that's right? a horrible idea. Horrible, horrible, horrible idea. Um, if you are able to put aside $100 a week, that is a prep. Huge. The original prep that our forefathers and foremothers taught us was the art of savings. And at first it was with little jars, with bills and pennies and coins. And then after a while that would add up. The other day I pulled up at a drive-thru with my peanut butter jar completely <laughs> stuffed with coins. The young lad at the window was in awe. How did you get all that coin money? And I looked at him, I said, it's simple. I save it. He looked blown away. Blown uh, away. It's simple. I didn't use my <laughs> card to pay for everything. I used cash. <laughs> right? Like that, that yeah. but that, like that's even a foreign thing. I walked into a store uh, me, Mel and Emily Ann went to go eat a little while ago. Walked into a restaurant, we sat down, we ate. I handed cash to pay for the bill. It took me almost ten minutes to get change back. <laughs> like nobody understood the concept of like my bill was, you know, $75. Here's $100. Nobody could, like, nobody had change. Hmm. I'm like, that's that's a foreign thing to people now. Like, you, you walk in somewhere and you hand them cash and they're, they're like, I, I don't even know what button to hit almost. On the cash. <laughs> oh, man. I'm saying, right? The cash. Like, everybody's like, debit credit. And I'm like, no, I'm paying cash. And they're like, what? You almost look like a weirdo paying with cash nowadays it's crazy well you'd look like a weirdo regardless pierre but you know it's just <laughs> yeah that's the side again you that's left that one wide open i, don't, I, I don't had like to walk in oh yeah you had to <laughs> walk in with that yeah. now, now yeah, pierre's the, point here is awesome because i didn't even put that in my list the whole yeah. money thing but can we talk about that for a moment because that's Let's that's serious pierre yeah. um we experienced that just last year so remember what i said at the outset of the show i said if it has happened in the past it probably has a high probability of occurring again. So let's look at what happened in the last year. Yeah. Just as an example, Pierre, I, I want to hug you right now, but you're in a really <laughs> smelly city, so I'll just do it virtually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the money thing. Uh, for years now, I've had a habit of always having a little bit of cash mm -hmm. in my wallet. You don't need a ton, folks, because the number one argument you're going to hear is, oh, if you got cash in your wallet, what if you get robbed? Well, I don't know. They probably I'd rather want your credit robbed. card anyways. Yeah, I'd rather be robbed <laughs> with a finite amount of money than an infinite yeah. amount of money, which is my credit card or my debit card or, you know, even worse, my credit, period. Nope. So um, let's not do that. If we have a little bit of cash and somebody does hold you up, here's 300 bucks, walk away. Okay, maybe you don't have 300 bucks. Maybe you can save $50 at a time and just do not a whole lot for a couple of weeks. Save your money, right? Our times are I need losing three hundred dollars is better than your ten thousand dollar credit card. Well, yeah, right. You know, remember right. last year when we couldn't use Interact for an entire weekend? Yep. Oh, because yep, Rogers I went was, down. Buddy. I was king during that weekend yep. because I had cash mm -hmm. in pocket, and so I yep. walked into that hotel and I said, "I got cash," and they went, "Oh, thank you." Yep. Right, I was the hero for them. They were loving me then. I, yep. I probably could have gotten a rebate just because I had the cash on hand. Um, and, yeah. and to Pierre's point there, if you're going to go buy something used, don't you normally need cash? If you're, if you're, if you're 
regularly challenged for finances, Depends. shouldn't you be buying used instead of new when you can? Definitely. So I mean, so even, but even on that defense, right? Like, you, there's a lot of used places that will take e-transfer, debit, oh, sure. everything, right? Oh, sure. But let's, well, obviously, let's be right, honest. Right? And I mean, let, let, let's be honest. And I'm not one Back to in, say I'm not going to save 100 bucks. No, no, no. I'm all but, up for saving $100. Let me paint for you a scenario I have done myself many a times. So uh, I've never been very wealthy, so I always had to buy used cars. And uh, anybody who knows anything about cars, there's always a surprise waiting for you at the end. So if you can save a few bucks, you do. So I had a strategy. When I went to buy a car, I would bring cash. I would bring cash in $100 bills. One, it's a lot easier to stuff your wallet with $100 bills than a whole, whole pile more 20s, all right? So it's just practical. But the other thing, it's psychological or psychological, whatever you prefer. If somebody is negotiating with you the price of a car and you want to give them a bottom line price and you want a high odds of them taking it, whipping out a debit card or a checkbook has no impact compared to whipping out a handful of hundreds. Okay, so there's that on your side too. So the, 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 the water cash insulates you from power loss. It insulates you from emergencies while on the road or in situations you don't expect. It can even help a family member out in a pinch if you happen to have started saving your money. Um, so yeah, reducing your costs overall, being wise. I don't want to turn this into a financial advice column because... <laughs> I would fail that. Uh, the lessons I've learned about money, I've been learned the hard way. Um, I happen to save it better in cash than I do in electronic. System. All right. Some people don't save it when it's physical. All right. So let's address that. Yeah. Some people, if they've got that that fifty in their wallet, they cannot help it. They have to go and spend it. If you're that person, hide it from yourself. Hide it from yourself. Um, you know. The other thought is, we live in a country where banking has been something reliable, right? Mm -hmm. If you come from another country, you may have meeting. had an experience that is very different from ours. And so having cash might be your normal default MO if you come from a country where a bank can regularly come and tell you, sorry, you can't get worse. your money today. Right? Or even, yeah. yes. sorry, I was going to say, or it's even true, the... Right? As you said, the the idea of you have the power outage. Well, guess what? What do uh, what do ATM machines and point of sale machines need to operate? They need hydro. That's so, right. yeah, 100%. that's right. If if you go to a store, odds are the person in that store who was outfitting that store was smart and realized if I have a good or a service and I have it, and the customer wants it, but I cannot charge the customer for it, guess what? You are losing money every time you provide that good or that service. So now your priority is to put an uninterruptible power supply, basically a battery pack, for those of you who are uninitiated to that term, you put that behind your point of sale system, and now if your restaurant has a power outage, odds are you're cooking with gas, you can still put a candle light on the table and you can bill your customer for a fine meal and they will be happy because now they've had even better ambiance. But guess what? A restaurant will always prioritize that point of sale because they know without it, they don't have a business that day. They got to close up. They got to send people home. 
So put that way of thinking into your money operations too. If your debit card will fail when power goes out, and I haven't seen uh, the perfect point of sale or ATM yet that will run on forever, <laughs> maybe you ought to, ought to owe it to yourself to have a little bit of cash in pocket just for that situation. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, this conversation, the way that it's flowed, again, has told a story. It's related it to something that has happened very recently within the last, what is it, year and a half, two years of the Rogers outage yeah. with all the ATMs yeah. being out. And who in this geographical area was not impacted by that. It, it impacted Wasn't all kinds Canada of people. White? It was, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Canada White. I'm pretty sure it was. And because yeah, I, Canada provides yeah. services to other countries, for example, Spotify is a uh, not Spotify, um, Shopify. Shopify, yep. huge Canadian company in terms of business footprint. You mm -hmm. know, I would love to know what the impact was on them because uh, they do a lot of electronic payments, right? Yep. So it would be really cool to find out what it was for them and did they have a <laughs> contingency for that? So scale yep. that up, friends. Um, yep. Imagine yep. what the impact is if we're providing a service that's global and our services that we depend on to provide that service goes down. Ouch. Yep. Right. But yeah. being able to take that situation that everybody was somehow impacted by and say, hey, remember that couple of days where you couldn't go to the store and buy that bag of milk you wanted to get or that pack of gum or the groceries that you said, oh, you know what, I'll just put it off till tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and the ATMs didn't work for a couple of days. That's another way that you can broach the subject of emergency preparedness and just say, hey, I keep a hundred bucks in my wallet. I keep 50 bucks in my wallet, whatever, just for that exact scenario. And again, it'll clip in people's minds and they'll go, yeah, when I was in that situation, I really could have used that hundred bucks and I would have been able to get that yeah. bag of milk or that pack of gum or the little bit of groceries I needed. Yeah. I couldn't because all I had was my debit card. And it just gets that conversation flowing again, gets people back uh, engaged in, oh, okay, so this isn't a crazy guy who wears a tinfoil hat. This is a realistic situation that you skated through pretty much and was able to get through those couple of days with, you know, some impact, of course, we're not going to be completely unimpacted by things, but we'll get through it. Well, a lot I was easier. And yeah, go ahead here. No, I, I was a hundred percent unimpacted by that. I have food at home. I had gas. Perfect. I went home after work. I'm just like, well, I guess I'm just not going to go anywhere and just save my gas. Right. But like, couldn't watch your Netflix though. Yeah. <laughs> you were impacted, Pierre. Uh, that's that, not the care. No, I, I, I did watch it because I have a generator. Right. Like, uh, I, I have a generator. So, like, we had what a power outage where we're outside. We've got a lot of stuff to cook pro with propane. So, we were cooking on the barbecue and our stove that runs on propane, generator going to keep the freezer going. But we also right. had Netflix, you know, pre-downloaded stuff on the phone. And we had our projector right. on the side of the house while we were Fantastic. watching Yellowstone. Everybody Fantastic. else is out of power. And I'm just like, not much change <laughs> for us, right? Like, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, trust me, I, we have been through some very hard times. We, we are way better off than we have ever been in many, many years. We have been kicked out of places, almost nowhere to live, barely been able to you know not even pay the bills and barely be able to get food in the house and you know thankfully we are at a way better scenario than we are so like i i've i've been on that spectrum where i'm like i can't afford to buy an extra can of rice you know to put on that shelf and you know forget about it like even though it's a dollar 12
$1.25. Like, I can't spare that $1.25. We have been there. We are way better financially off now, thanks to hard work, this, that, everything, right? And it's just like, you know, so it's like, I've been there, and I'm like, I don't know how to tell people, like, I don't know, do something better than what you're doing now to not be there. So, like, that's, that's why I'm, like, curious, like, how would you, you know, like, and just some think, people don't have, you know, that yeah, thing. I think to go that's more. a fantastic so topic for another episode. I yeah, we're gonna, fl- we're gonna flush this out a little bit into yeah. into another episode for sure. Yeah, I That's like that because uh, yeah. I've I've run into that situation myself, and you're right. We, we could go on for another couple of yeah. hours on how to handle yeah. that because that's a whole yeah. other strategy book. Let's uh, yeah. let's put that on the list for uh, for a future episode. And yeah. and again, that's a great example of how you can tell a personal story and yeah. get people to relate to what you've gone through. Paint the picture, get them immersed in the in the scenario as well. And then get them to realize that the emergency preparedness thing is not the crazy guy that wears a tinfoil hat and is on doomsday preppers, right? It's the average everyday person who's just putting an extra couple of cans on the shelf, getting ready for that day that they realize, oh, I can't spend that dollar twenty-five because something's happened and I'm not able to anymore. But it's okay because I've got those extra couple of cans sitting on the shelf right now, so I can get through this and and carry on. So we'll definitely set that thought aside for uh, for a future episode, though. Oh yeah, um, I, I did yeah. want to seize on something Pierre said though. It's another yep, very absolutely. common thing to happen in Canada. It's a big one. If you drive, you might have a vehicle, and if you have a vehicle, you need to keep that topped up with fuel, right? Have you ever run out of fuel? Mm-hmm. Have you ever had that feeling where you run out of fuel? It's not a fun feeling, right? So all you have to do is run out of fuel once, and you start getting into the habit. Oh, whenever I'm at a quarter tank or or less, I'm going to go and fuel up just. I'm not planning on going anywhere, but I'm going to keep a fuel, a tank that is full as much as possible. Or if you do that and you combine that with having a jerry can in the back of your vehicle, when it does happen because it was unplanned and because you have that little bit of cash in your wallet or those coins packed up in your peanut butter jar in the truck, you can now fill up that uh, jerry can and at least get yourself back to where you need to be. So the fuel thing right that's a really really great non-crazy non-zombie related thing that happens a lot in canada we're in a very distant country where people are far away from one another that's a very realistic thing that people can relate to thanks on on, on that story i i do always carry a jerry can of gas in my truck and i'm gonna say it's probably been at least a half a dozen times in the last two years that i've stopped where people were on the side of the road um, and they were out of gas and oh, gas. Yeah. and I got them to a gas station. So that's exactly yeah. brilliant. You're still waiting awesome. on a few e-transfers because you gave them your email, but that's beside the point. You know what? You do it. You do it the smart way. You put the jerry can in there, in their uh, vehicle, just enough to get them to the gas station where you lead them to that gas station and, you and follow, you're there, yeah, you and just you follow them take there. the jerry can and put it down beside their vehicle when they're filling it. They get the hint pretty quick. <laughs> this is true. Oh, for sure. For but, sure. Uh, I think we, we've yeah. touched on some really, really good scenarios here tonight. Right. Um, some really, really good conversation as well. And hopefully it kind of yeah. paints the picture because we've gone through some cycles now where we've had some conversations about 
what we've been through, what we've experienced, what we believe are important points to kind of touch on with people that are not in the preparedness community currently. And then we've talked about how to actually relate those to people's scenarios and get them immersed in the story you're telling and get them to buy into the situation that you're kind of explaining and realize, and I keep going back to it, but realize that you're not the crazy guy with the tinfoil hat who's waiting for the zombies, right? Unless you're playing that joke like I like to do every once in a while with the zombies, but yeah. please so, feel your audience out on that one, right? Uh, but yeah, some so also fantastic examples. Another panelist. Yeah. Just just quick yeah, reference to another panelist that would 100% agree. You just stand next to the can openers and wait for a guy to grab more than one pack. He's going to be your <laughs> best friend. And you chat that guy up. Yes. Okay, Welcome Brad. to the show, Brad. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. It's uh, I think it's given some people some really good uh, yep. starting points and some examples of how the conversations can go and how to start that conversation, which uh, really leads us into the podcast challenge quite nicely uh, podcast challenge for this episode is find someone who's not a prepper start that conversation with them about prepping see where it leads might go somewhere might go nowhere you won't know until you start the conversation and if it starts going sideways just mention the zombies and say you're willing to eat yes. people for a living keep that one in your back pocket for sure yeah because yeah. if you do get the person that likes to wear the tinfoil hat because there's a few then yeah, use the zombies as your escape. Always have an escape. Yes. <laughs> All right. So upcoming events. Uh, we've got the annual preppers meet coming uh, July 6th to 9th, 2023. Uh, that's in Desboro, Ontario. You can check out to annualpreppersmeet.com. Uh, there you will definitely not have any problem finding uh, like-minded individuals who want to talk about preparedness for the entire weekend and probably beyond. So great spot That's to strike up some zombies. conversations with some, uh, oh, they'll talk about zombies. They'll talk about tinfoil hats. They'll talk about everything to do with preparedness and then some fantastic event to get out to. So if, uh, if you've got the, uh, the time you're in the area, check it out to annualpreppersmeet.com. Uh, tickets are available now for purchase. So check it out and uh, get out there and start some conversations. Uh, we've got a weather blurb, Jeff. Sure. So um, within the last couple months, uh, we've, and I've sort of been watching it and uh, we've been seeing a changeover from uh, a La Nina. Uh, and basically what that is, uh, is a cooling of the ocean surface temperature in the central east central pacific to an el nino which of course is obviously the opposite it's a, a warming of the surface waters in that area um it causes a bit of a flip in the jet stream um pushes it more inland and much lower uh thus causing cooler temperatures uh further into the central u.s while the west coast uh sees warmer temperatures uh, some areas in the West Coast, including Vancouver, Vancouver Island, Seattle, that they could see summer-like temperatures by next weekend. Uh, on the contrast, last night there were several low temperature records set in cities in places like Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Iowa. So just to kind of show you uh, how things change over like that. Um, this change in where the jet stream actually flows and and I'll, I'll get into it you know in another episode somewhere uh, when we have some more time uh, it just leads to more storms especially in the lower us um, the more you force cold air into the warm climate 
the warm and humid climate, um, the more you're going to fire off some significant storms. Um, so just to kind of give everybody just, just a, a quick idea of what I'm getting at. Um, I believe it was Thursday night or Friday night. Um, there were, they were calling for storms in, you know, like Texas and uh, Oklahoma and Mississippi, that area. Um, nothing, you know, they said the odd severe storm, the, the tornadic uh, number was at um, a slight, not even a, a marginal, a slight, like there was going to be nothing there. Um, and it sparked off 18 tornadoes, killed three people and did a whole ton of damage. Uh, in contrast to that, about two and a half weeks ago, they were calling for a very large tornado outbreak. Um, all the parameters were there. Everything was was in line for the sparking up of these big storms. They had four tornadoes. So again, as I've said all the time, don't be scared. Just be prepared. Um, if you don't have a weather radio, get one. It's a cheap insurance policy. Um, again, like we say, you know, know, know where you can go when the weather's going to get bad. Do you have a basement? If you don't have a basement, make a good friend with somebody who does or, or know where the local storm shelter is. If there is one, hopefully there is, um, you know, just, just keep an eye on, on the weather, but I'm not looking at anything drastic coming in for at least the next seven to 10 days. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. So deal of the week, and this comes to us from a discord member and listener Frenchie Cabela's has 50 cal ammo cans on sale right now for $14.99. So that is at the berry store where the stock is, but from what I'm seeing in the discord, they will ship as well. So check that out. Pretty good price for a 50 cal ammo can. All and kinds of uses for those. And Cavillo's is pretty good at having like a minimum for free shipping. Yep. Maybe worth buying two or three of them to get free shipping compared to paying almost the price of one to get shipping. <laughs> yep. You know, but yep. depending on the price, right? Like uh, they do normally have pretty good deals for uh, shipping to your yep. house for a decent price or ship to stores for free. Yep. Then those of you that are looking to build your, uh, your Faraday boxes and such, you might want to check it out. Uh, shout outs, just a quick shout out to the live chat tonight. I have been following it. It has been hilarious. Yes. Quick shout out to, to everybody. There's been, I've uh, been watching the flow of people coming in and out. We've uh, had about 20 or so people at the, the, the peak of things. We've got about 14 right now that are watching live and the live chat has just been fantastic. So thanks for coming out and participating in the, uh, the stream tonight. Even if we don't mention the comments uh, live, we are still watching and it is entertaining and we appreciate it. Gut splitting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, I will bring episode number 202 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or of course your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out, submit a review. It does help other people find us. And we uh, do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the shows, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notifications tab. That gives you an alert when we're going live. 
If anybody wants to contact me, uh, you can reach me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca or I am frequently on the Discord. Pierre. Um, off the wall, Gusmizing, you probably won't be talking to me, but you can get a hold of me there. Um, I, I, I have a Discord thing. Um, I don't check it often. Uh, so you should get on live YouTube chats on tonight's and then put a comment with saying, hey, look at me thing, and I'll probably see it. Or, or uh, Monday nights where I talk about why I like critiquing government and a lot more sensory stuff that's different than here. <laughs> that's where you can find me. Fair enough. And you can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. I'm also on the podcast Discord as the Frugal Gunny. Awesome. And check out uh, Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. You can get me there on the live chat. You can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. And I do hang out on the Discord from time to time. Uh, thanks for joining us this evening. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe. And keep learning. <laughs>